0: everybody, thanks for tuning in today to The Geezer Life. This is Dave. And this is Jake. So today's episode is one that just about everyone can relate to, and that's bicycling. So we'll take you way back to our very first bikes that we got as kids, and that should bring up some memories of your youth and your first biking experience, and then we'll look at what's available now today, too, in the biking world.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about it. You can think about it when you were young, what kind of bikes you had. We got a couple incredible stories here that we'll talk about. So if you like this, please share this episode We definitely need your support to increase our listenership and get our podcast up on the notch of the popularity poll a little bit. But Dave and I aren't experts on bike, so on biking, so we invited a special guest, George Kapitz, who happens to be an excellent bicyclist. He designs bikes, builds bikes. He's the owner of the Broken Spoke Bike Shop, which has three locations here in northeastern Wisconsin. George, welcome, and could you share a little bit about yourself and the Broken Spoke Bike Shop with us?
2: Thanks for having me, Dave and, uh, Jake. Um, yeah, uh, a little bit about myself, uh, started Broken Spoke back in 2010 out of the Manitowoc location. I've Been riding bikes my entire life. I'm um, starting as a little kid building jumps. Um, took it to the next level, uh, dirt jumping to the point where I was riding a few professional dirt jumping competitions when I was younger. Cool. Wow.
0: Nice. I'm going to go way back in history here to when I was a kid. And I can remember my first bike, which, of course, was a little red tricycle. <laughs> so I, one thing that always bothered me in life, I was born too early to have a big wheel. And I later, as I got older, they came out when I was about 12, and I'd see these kids on big wheels. I was always so pissed yeah. <laughs> that I never got the. <laughs> I sure no wish they'd come out with an ad- adult big wheel. Anyway... But my first two-wheel bike was also a red bike, and it was a little Stingray style. And, of course, it had a sissy bar on the back. And our thing in our neighborhood was pulling wheelies. So all the boys would line up and see who could ride the farthest on just the back tire. And there was a little section of the street that ran into a dead end at the park. And we could pull wheelies here without worrying about traffic or getting hit by a car. And this section of the street ended uh, with about 30 feet of gravel before the grass of the park started. So the goal was to make it to the gravel. And that was a great wheelie. So one day I finally made it. And then I was so happy I just kept going on the gravel for a while. Well, the problem with that was when the front wheel came down on the gravel, the bike did not coast. It just stopped. And of course, I went over to handlebars, (laughs) landed hard on the gravel, tore a big deep gash in my forearm, lots of gravel embedded there. It took a long time to heal. And I still have a scar from that where no hair grows on that arm. And (laughs) I was probably 10 when that happened. Then finally, as a teenager, I had a huffy 10 speed, an orange one. Even then, I loved blues music, and I had a harmonica that I would play. Jake, you probably don't realize this, because you're, you're the harmonica guy in the Geezer Band. But when I was a kid, I had a harmonica, and I would play, and I always rode no-handed on my bike. So I got pretty good at harmonica, riding all over town no-handed, and I actually became known for that, the, the riding harmonica guy. <laughs> the bike. But I can't believe I ever crashed while doing that. So how about your early bikes, Jake?
1: Well, back when I was a kid, Schwinn was a big name. I don't know if Schwinn's a big name anymore or not, but Schwinn made the Stingray. They had the original label of the Stingray. It was everybody's dream bike. Every kid in the neighborhood wanted a Schwinn Stingray. It was designed after a chopper motorcycle, you know? It had the banana seat, the ape hanger handlebars, the sissy bar, and then a big fat slick in the back. It's the coolest thing ever. I
0: also had a slick.
1: Yeah, those came out in 1963, and I was seven years old at the time. The problem was they were expensive. And they were like 50 bucks at back then. And back then, 50 bucks was a lot of money. I had an old hand-me-down bike. I think I had my sister's bike, you know, a girl's bike. And I don't know, probably pink. But when I turned <laughs> eight, my parents said, okay, we're going to buy you a new bike. But they didn't get me a Schwinn because they couldn't afford it. So they got me a Huffy, too. But it was a Stingray lookalike. And so I got one. My buddies got one. all of a sudden, we're all cruising through the neighborhood with our Stingrays. Wheelies were a big thing for me, too. But I didn't know how to do a wheelie so i would practice and practice and practice and i couldn't get it and one of my friends said well you got to push the pedal down well what he didn't say is you got to hang on to the handlebars too because then i pushed the pedal down i pulled up on the handlebars, the bike went flying one way i went (laughs) flying the other way and uh so that was my first experience with a wheelie (laughs) let alone riding it on the back tire just like i get the handlebars up but uh, and then I can see the old geezers in the neighborhood seeing us all cruising around on our stingrays, so, oh there goes those punks again. Those frickin' the na-
0: kids. There goes
1: the neighborhood. <laughs> but George, is Schwinn still a popular name in bikes? And have you ever sold a stingray?
2: Yeah. In the past, actually, that was a lot of our uh broken spoke sales when we first started, and they weren't new Schwins, they were actually old Schwins. Vintage. Uh, yeah, oh, vintage. Classics, yeah. So when I first started I sold a lot of used bikes and I'd find a lot of these used bikes by doing, um, barn finds, going out to rummage sales, finding old Schwinn bikes, fixing them up. And this is right around, you know, when social media um, was starting to grow. So I, you know, weekly fi- uh, post what I would find out at barn finds and people were like, Oh my God, Hey, that's so cool. Like that used to be a bike I used to rode as a kid. Yeah, well, that's So cool, it was yeah. very nostalgic. So it, like kind of just spiraled from that and people were like excited and following what I was doing and they're like hey what did you find this week and uh, you know every week I'd find something cool and I'd end up fixing them up and selling yeah because
1: I I try to check because the stingray kind of got me my uh, curiosity going so I looked online a little bit and there's actually stingrays now that are re, you know redone for five six hundred bucks for yeah. an old bike back from the 60s so yeah. some vintage stuff now can you do a wheelie
2: I can do a wheelie. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I've seen you do a wheelie. Yeah, yeah I don't uh, see
0: kids really doing them much anymore, though. No. Yeah,
2: no. You know, there's there's kids out there still doing it, but, I mean, it's definitely, I, I think we still come from the same time when you get on your bike as a kid and you just disappear. And, you know, of course, doing wheelies and amongst other things uh, on your bike well, was all part <laughs> of being a kid. Right. right. So it, is Schwinn still a big brand, you said? It, So Schwinn is a big brand. Unfortunately, it is a department store brand. So sold in department stores like Target and Walmart. And, you know, just the value of the bike really isn't there. Kind of comes in at a price point of $200 and less. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Now, how expensive are the most expensive bikes at your shop?
2: Um, At our shop, we have bikes for everyone. But there's a new brand of uh, road bikes that we sell called Pinarello. And they can... Vary from anywhere from six thousand to fifteen thousand dollars. Holy cow! Wow. So you have
0: financing.
2: We do have financing. <laughs> yeah, correct. We think yeah. So. <laughs> well, I got
0: to tell you, you know, I already told you about falling off my bike once. I got an even worse story, though. So, when my kids were just—I have two daughters—when they were learn how to ride a bike, I had an experience that I will never forget. At the time, my oldest daughter was about seven, and we had bought her a bike when she was, I don't know, five or something, but she was afraid to learn how to ride it, so it just sat there for like two years. So before school started that year, I made her go out on the street with me and learn how to ride the bike. I'm like, you're going to have to ride with your friends this year and stuff. you got to know how to do this. Well, by that time, she was big enough that it came real easy. She had good balance and stuff, so we immediately took off. We went for a ride, like about a three-mile ride together, first ride. When we got back, my wife was standing at the end of the driveway with my younger daughter, who was three. And she was now all charged up. She wanted to learn how to ride her little bike. It had training wheels on it, little pink thing. And uh, I said, okay, we can go in a second. I need to tell Ma here about the bike ride we just took around town. I was standing there on my bike, telling uh, my wife the story, when my little daughter just couldn't stand anymore and took off, and there was a big hill at my house, and she just instantly started going down the hill, unsupervised, never rode a bike before, and this little training wheel bike. So I chased after her down the hill, and she was speeding out of control towards a big, there was an excavator parked there. She was headed right towards the- And you're on
1: your bike, right? Yeah. So you're riding your bike, trying to catch her on her little bike.
0: So. Uh, I mean, she didn't even know what bra- what brakes were, so she was just going out of control of the front wheels like this, and I caught up to her, and she had a little hoodie on, and I grabbed the hoodie and lifted her off of her bike, which sent her bike careening right into the front tire of my bike. So I went over the handlebars with her in one hand, kind of turned my shoulder and face and landed right on my face. And this, they had just come through like two days before and laid all new black asphalt on our road. And I went face and chin first on this stuff. Um, it knocked out my three front teeth, <laughs> really messed up my jaw, and uh, I got all of this asphalt stuck in my face. So I ended up going to the doctor. They gave me three some codeine pills. And said, so we don't know how to get that asphalt out of your face. We've never seen anything like this. But you've got to get that out of there. That's going to get infected. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but it's so swollen. Just come back in a couple of days. We'll see what we can do. So I went home, and I took the three codeine pills. And I drank two beers. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a razor and shaved it out of my face. Oh, oh, my God. Wow. And so now my entire side of my face was just covered in blood. My teeth are knocked out. My wife calls the dentist, and he says, well, can, do you still have the teeth? So we're <laughs> down at the bottom of the hill. i am got a codeine smile on my face, blood all over my face, teeth knocked out, on her hands and knees in the gravel looking for teeth. And this lady pulls up in a car and says, what are you guys looking for? And I look up at her, and I go, my teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> she spilled out. <laughs> and got the hell out of there. Scared of death. Oh. So uh, I don't mean to make biking seem like an unsafe sport, but it hasn't worked out that well for me over the years. I've had a couple of incidents. Oh, man. so. So how would you say bike safety has changed over the years?
2: Oh wow. Yeah, I mean it, definitely the helmet has uh is number I one. I do have a helmet mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. And I you know I can't believe as kids or uh, myself as a kid and I'm sure you guys did not wear helmets. Oh, they didn't even really did. exist. They didn't. Make them yeah. 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 No. They didn't exist. And then yeah. if
0: you, at first when they came out you were a goober if you were right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sissy.
2: Yeah, I've I've taken many headers as as a kid. Um, I remember one time um actually twice uh once doing a, a, a stair gap and trying to jump over his bush. And as I was going, I, my front tire hit the bush and I just did a sailor dive right into the concrete and just got knocked out and big cut on my head. I was like, I came to, and I was peeling actually hair out of my head, just from it, you know, it was just falling out Duh. and yeah, um, just to think back like, wow, just doing all this stuff and not wearing a helmet.
0: Yeah, for yeah. people our age, especially, if you think you're gonna break your fall with your wrist, well, first you'll just break your wrist mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way to breaking your head. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. yeah, I have a helmet now. I don't mind wearing it at all. And uh, at our age, we're pretty brittle. We got to be careful. Yeah, about that kind of
1: right. Thing. So I can remember any. Sig- I can't remember any significant events that I had, like you know, crashing or things like that. Probably because I forgot about them. But, but Pam, you know Pam, she yeah. had an incident when she was about 10 years old. And so she's riding through the neighborhood on her bike and her little neighbor kid, Jamie, little boy, they're playing cops and robbers. She's on her bike, he's on his skateboard. So she's rolling down, trying to get away from him, he kicks his skateboard out into the street right in front of her tire, stops the bike immediately, she goes ass over tea kettles, over her handlebars, lands on her wrist, breaks her fall, and she's crying. She goes home, tells her mom, Mom, I, my, my hand hurts. My wrist hurts. You know, can you take me to the doctor? Mom's like, no, nah, you're fine. You know, back then, you know, kids were always complaining about something. Says, you're fine. Just, you know, go put some ice on it or something. So it's been a couple of days and Pam's hand's still really hurting. So she says, Mom, it still hurts really bad. Okay, we'll take you to the doctor. They go to the doctor to x-ray. She broke her hand. So he put a big old cast on it with those big conqueror plaster casts. And then one of the neighbor ladies didn't believe her. She says, oh, that's fake. So Pam goes over on the table, pounds her hand on the table. No, it's real, she said, <laughs> little 10-year-old.
0: First of all, now oh. if you bring
1: your kid to the hospital
0: with a broken arm, they pull you aside and question you with social services. That's right. You're right. Anyway, now our podcast is directed, as you know, to the older generation. We like to provide some useful information that might encourage them to go out and try things and do things in their senior years that they might not normally do. So it seems like everyone does biking as a kid and kind of as a young adult, especially if you're in college, you might use a bike to get around. But then you have a family and you can tend to get away from it. Then later, you get to be our age, you have time on your hands and you start to get a belly and stuff, and you're looking for ways to exercise. Running isn't always the answer because it's so hard on the knees and joints. So... Tell us, George, about the types of bikes that are available that would appeal to old people and any health concerns that they have to take into consideration.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, the bicycle in general uh, are great for um, the older generations just because it is very low impact. But over the past few years, e-bikes have become a very popular means of recreation, transportation, but uh, especially to, like, the boomer generation, We get so many couples um, that are, you know, nesters at home or they don't have the kids at home, but uh, they they want to, you know, they want to do something. So, you know, riding e-bikes, going out and finding different trails and uh, networks of trails out there is like the destination thing to do. So what does the E stand for in an e-bike? Just Uh, engine? Electric bike. Electric bike? Yeah. So you plug these in, is that it? That's correct. You can plug them in overnight. Just like you would with an electric car or a uh, better example, like your cell phone, and they charge overnight and then you're good to go the next day. Typically you see about thirty to fifty miles per charge. So the e-bike
0: be great. You still have to pedal it, or you can pedal it. Correct. Right? Yep. But um if you get out too far you get tired, or say one of the couple uh is more athletic than the other, but the other would still like to come along, it allows you to Unlike running, where if somebody's good and fast and the other can't, it's yeah. no fun to run with someone like that. So this allows people of different skill levels to kind of go out for an enjoyable bike ride together.
2: Correct. Yeah, we see that side of things, too. It becomes uh, basically an equalizer. So, yeah, if you have a, a husband or wife that is stronger on the bike, you know their significant other can come along and ride uh, to the equal pace. Sometimes, actually, the most of the time, when the person with the e-bike is now way ahead of the uh, stronger rider, that's <laughs> yeah. a normal bike, and you know is usually cussing at top of the hill, like, "Oh, this was a bad idea, damn it!" <laughs> so you can ju- can you just kick in like instantly, like to go up a hill or something? Correct. Yeah. How much uh, feedback you put into the pedals is how much you get back, and there's also different level settings to it. Uh, usually five settings. Is there an alternator on the bike then? So as pedaling recharges it or no? Um, they haven't come out with that technology yet, but I would assume like something like that would come out pretty quick.
1: Yeah, it's kind of coincidence that uh, Pam and I were just in Arizona with with beekeeper Dave. And beekeeper Dave was a guest on our 11th episode. So if you haven't heard, heard that episode yet, check it in. But he and his wife were doing the snowbird thing down in Arizona and I had never done this before, but they said, let's go rent some electric bikes. It was in Scottsdale. And Scottsdale is an awesome place for biking because there's paved roads all over, bike trails all over the place. And so uh, we go to the store, and he's got these things reserved. And I look at it and say, oh, my God, this thing's a monster. The thing is huge. It weighs like 70 pounds. And the handlebars were like at my shoulders. Thank God it had that little, it's kind of like the girl's bike where it doesn't have the crossbar and you can straddle it easy enough. Otherwise, my nuts would have been aching, <laughs> aching, aching if I would have landed on that. It's call, so hard to enjoy a bike ride with <laughs> was, aching nuts. Right, <laughs> yeah. so I, oh. I, I called it my white stallion. So, uh, but but it was really cool. Like you said, when you start pedaling, it feels like you got superhuman strength. Because yeah. all of a sudden you're pedaling gently and you're going 15 miles an hour. And, and then you push a button and it takes over completely and you can get up like the low 20s, like 22, 23 miles an hour. So that was, that was cool. And so my background with biking, I'm always pedaling. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pedal and you know, I'm going to beat this thing. And and I'm cruising along pedaling all of a sudden a big hill. And this is about 10 miles into the ride. I see a big hill. It's like, screw it. I just pushed the button and zoom up the hill. You go is awesome. But like I said, it's kind of a leveler. So if you have somebody that's more athletic and someone that's not, well, you don't have to wait for them, or they don't have to feel bad that you're, you know, way ahead of them. You just push the button and you catch up with them. So yeah. it is it is kind of a, makes it more social than, than competitive, I think, as far as biking
2: goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the weight of that e-bike just completely disappears um, with the pedal assist. It's mm-hmm. pretty amazing how that technology works. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're seeing a lot more couples getting in back into cycling because of the e-bike.
0: Yeah, that's good. What's good. the price range on e-bikes?
2: Uh, I would say about $1,500 and up. Um, average e-bike sale out of our stores, roughly about $3,000. So Sally, my wife and I were in the the
0: villages in Florida recently, and that whole place, 30, 40 miles is all connected by uh, golf cart paths. And they do allow e-bikes on those paths. And we did see some down there, but do are there e-bikes? I guess they wouldn't be e. Are there bikes that are gas-powered or as well, or has that become a motorcycle then? And where do the like licensing regulations fall as to what's a, a powered bike versus a pedal bike?
2: Yeah, I feel like that's a kind of a gray area everywhere. Um, so yeah, they've been doing gas-powered motor kits for bicycles even at from the turn of the century. Something that they um, would just strap onto a normal bicycle and make it into a motorbike but you'll still see a lot of those motorbikes running around you kind of see more like the gearheads doing that now tinkering in their garage throwing almost like a like a not a lawnmower engine but a smaller it's a diy uh, type deal. Yeah, do-it-yourself motor on the on the bicycle and um but that has seemed to have gone away more that the e-bike has become more of a prevalent way of transportation one of the things that bothers me on my
0: bike uh, and i so i got a different one because of it and it's helped but uh, the the traditional 10 speed where you kind of lean over that was really hard on my back i had back surgery and being in that position just wasn't working so i got one that's more upright kind of the old geezer handlebars on it that's helped the back but i still don't have a seat that i really like it, it, it hurts my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you sell – can I get, like, a really nice seat at your shop that would work on just about
2: any bike then? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, larger isn't always necessarily better, it depends on the geometry of the bike. So if you have a, I d- thought you were going to say the geometry of your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, that's a factor that as changes. well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that changes uh, as you get older. I got some too. funny stories about geometry of my ass. But, <laughs> <laughs> that, <that's laughs> uh, but yeah, it depends on the bike. So if you are in a traditional bike where you are sitting upright on a bike, then you want a bigger saddle. But if you are more of on like, like you're trying to turn your old 10 speed huffy into. Um, a more comfortable bike, it's just not going to work because you're leaned over and a bigger saddle will actually
1: cause more harm than good with chafing. Oh, we don't want to talk about chafing. That's <laughs> oh. yeah, oh. a whole oh. other episode. Yeah. Oh. yeah, put a stake between your legs to kind of solve that problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh Well, you know, if you're not ready for an e-bike, you know, you're senior, but maybe some of our listeners aren't ready for an e-bike or they can't afford one, what's another Traditional you know other than the traditional 10 speed what else is out there? That's a little more comfort that they could get on and ride you know five ten miles on what would you suggest to them?
2: Actually, it's a bike called the comfort bike and it is a upright sitting bike with handlebars Where you are almost at a 45 degree angle if that not, if not somewhat more Upright, but yeah your hands are straight out. You don't have that stress on your wrists and you're actually looking ahead of you on the trail and you can see what's coming and um, it's just a nice joy ride.
1: They used to be called beach cruisers or something like that. Yeah. The bigger, little bigger tires, not, not giant tires, but little bigger tires and a little cushy ride.
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah. Just like a beach, uh, beach bike. Yeah. You, you've okay. got those at the store? Yep. We have a model called the Specialized Roll. Uh, that is one of our best-selling comfort bikes, and they start right at about that $500 price point.
1: Do they have like gear shifters in, or is it like one speed? They do. Most of them come with a seven-speed shifter. Okay. So it's not crazy technology, but it's it's pretty basic, and you can go up and down Fox River Trail or something like that with yeah. it?
2: Fox River Trail, or if you're riding Fox River Trail out to uh, Ledgeview and you have to get home and your uh, house is on top of Scray Hill or something like that, yeah. has enough gearing to get you up the hill.
1: Oh nice. So you could go it on gravel or kind of, or like pavement. Correct. Either one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's it comes with
2: typically a two to three inch tire. Yeah. Where are your three stores located? so we have one downtown Green Bay. Uh, one I'm in, familiar with that one, yeah. So is that's Broadway, right? No, that is right on Pine Street. So we're on the city deck. Oh, okay. If you're familiar with the Creamery restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, we're right across. Oh, we yeah, share yeah, that yeah. little entry away with I Appeared in the window there. Yeah so yeah, downtown Green Bay, we have been there since 2014. I'm sorry, 2016. Uh, we were on Broadway for two years from um, 2014 to 2016. And then our location in Manitowoc, uh, where it all started was 2010. Um, and now we have a newer store in Ledgeview.
0: Okay. Are any of them located right on a trail where you can just head out the door and take a test ride or something?
2: Yeah. So our our uh, shop right downtown Green Bay is on the trail, on the Fox River Trail. You can literally roll out the door and ride onto the trail. So that's a great place to come and test ride bikes, but then also we do a lot of rentals out of there as well. Oh, rentals.
0: That's nice. So if somebody wants to buy a bike, but they don't know what the hell they're looking for, they want to come down with their wife or significant other or whatever what do you suggest is there a day of the week a time because we're all half retired we can come down anytime so we probably want to come down when it's not real busy so you could devote some time to talking to us maybe take a little test ride or something like that
2: yeah usually the weekdays are are best for us Um, during the work week uh, usually around morning at open and towards the afternoon when people get off work those are our busiest times. And then we do get a lot of weekend traffic. So if you can come sometime during midday during the the week, that is the best time. Do you do organized rides out of any of the stores? We do. We do a weekly ride um, off-road on Wednesday night and um, on-road Wednesday night as well. So our road rides take place out of our Ledgeview store every Wednesday night at 530. Um, And then between Baird Creek and Reforestation Camp, we do an off-road ride.
1: And then the the ledgeview store that's right by the East East River Trail too right correct that's a nice bike trail that may maybe a lot of people don't know about but it's a nice it's a nice ride
2: yeah it's funny there is a lot of people that don't know about the East River Trail and once they hop on that it just kind of meanders through um, De Pere alley East De Pere, and, all the yeah, way up to Green, Green Bay. Bay yeah correct yeah and it, you know if you want something that kind of twists and turns um, but it's all pavement uh, it's really a nice trail to check out and. A lot of cool spots going over bridges, uh, over the water. Also, geezers, it goes right to a winery.
1: Well, you, well, there is. There's that one brewery up there at the end of it, and I can say it's 10 miles up the road because I went up there and had a couple beers and rode back. So, uh, But you, your bike shop, you guys have done a lot for the local community around the biking thing. What are some of the things that you've done over the last few years? You know,
2: to mention our group rides. Since opening, we have been a shop that uh, has always been uh, based around the community, you know, our mission is more butts on bikes, getting people riding bikes, exposed to bikes. We're definitely a shop, not just a brick and mortar shop, but we're always thinking, you know, how can we get more people riding bikes? So back in 2011, 12, when the fat bike came out, we really pushed winter riding. Uh, we embraced it. We loved it. Uh, we created races and rides around it. Uh, one of the rides, Jake, you, you and Pam have been to, mm-hmm. uh, Global Fat Bike Day. Right. So that was a really cool thing. You know, it wasn't based around a race, but you just come together, do some beach riding, do some trail riding, beer drinking, eating pizza. This
1: is in December, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be snow and ice on the trail, and but it's a lot of fun. I remember that. But the beer and the pizza were really good at the end, too. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So creating community events like that. And then we also do a, a, a race series called Snow Crown. And it can be competitive, or it could just be, hey, I'm going to just go out here and ride these trails and drink beer and uh, socialize.
1: Wow, that's great. great.
0: So, George, you mentioned that you occasionally do e-bike rides where a group can come and just rent e-bikes. But you mentioned one that really tripped our trigger and falls right in line with some of the stuff we like to do, and that is an e-bike ride from your location to a local winery. And this, Ryan, happens to be called um, Ledgestone Vineyards, very popular in our area. So let's say we, or the folks out there, get a few folks together and they approach you. How does this work? What time is it? How long does it last? What does it cost? And what are the particulars involved?
2: Yeah, we're open to uh, almost any day of the week, but we try to pick a Thursday night during the summer. Ledgestone has live music there. And uh, it's kind of nice because you don't have to buy a ticket if you show up with your bike. You can just show up, park your bike, and go right into the uh, venue.
0: So you're in conjunction with Ledge Stone. Correct. So that saves you the ticketing fee. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay.
2: Yeah. So we can set something up. We can take up to 10 riders and set up each rider with an e-bike. We would leave the Ledge... Uh, I'm sorry, the Ledge View store, say 5 o'clock, get there about 6 o'clock, have a few drinks, listen to music... They have food trucks out there, really good vibe out there. Oh yeah, that is a great place. And yeah. a
0: great place to see music.
2: Yeah. And um, jump back on the bikes. You know, there's lights on the bikes, we got helmets and jump back on the trail and head back and we usually get back around nine or ten o'clock. And it's about a ten mile ride, you thought? Ten mile there, ten mile back. Okay, cool. And plenty
1: of battery on the e bike to get you home. You don't have yeah. to pedal. <laughs> yeah,
2: you don't have to <laughs> pedal <great>. much. Yep.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, man. I'm glad oh, you mentioned thanks. that. That sounds like uh,
2: perfect for the geezer lifestyle. You build bikes, but do you have your own brand of bikes? We do, uh, called 509 Cycles. Uh, started back in 2016. The 509 Cycles comes from my father, who was in the 509 Composite Group during World War II. Oh, um, That's a whole other story, but that is where that name came from. Uh, so we dedicated a line of bikes, custom bikes, titanium and steel, ranging from fat bikes gravel bikes and mountain bikes so if you have a health concern you could maybe design a bike around somebody's
0: back or if they've got one short leg or something weird like that you can put a special pedal on it
2: yeah we can customize some bikes as far as that goes i wouldn't say we are a boutique builder as far as coming to catering towards custom builds as far as that goes but kind of geared more towards the recreational and performance side of things. Do you actually sell bikes online? Yes. We have a website called www.brokenspokebikes.com. You can search uh, just about anything on our website. It's connected with all our vendors. So if we don't have the product in store, you can do a search and whatever is in warehouse, we can ship it directly to you or it can get picked up at the shop. Do you take trade-ins on old bikes? We do.
1: And you you sell used bikes that were rentals, right? Correct. So if you rent a bike, how much is that? Does it like what's the cost of a rented bike for per hour, per day, per week? How does that work for you?
2: We typically go by hour, and on average, it's about thirty dollars. If you're looking to rent an e-bike, the rates are a little bit higher; they're about seventy dollars.
0: Well, George, do you have anything else you want to tell the folks about how to find you, and
2: um, the benefits of Contacting Broke at Um Yeah, you can visit any of our locations. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. We have a couple different pages where we post our group rides and on our website. Any final comments about why somebody, especially older folks, should reconsider biking if they've been away from it for a while? Uh, yeah, the health benefits are amazing. Um, you know, with with cycling, um, I don't really believe in an age I feel like no matter how old you are or how young you are, you can have those same feelings of riding a bike.
1: Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, George, for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. And for our listeners, get out and see Broken Spoke under one of their three locations. Thanks, George.
2: Thanks, Jake and Dave. Geezer Life is
1: written, directed, produced, and edited by Dave and Jake. We do it all ourselves, except when we have to reach out to younger people to help us remember what buttons to push.
0: If you enjoy our podcast, please like and subscribe, and even leave us a review. Let us know what topics you would like to see us address here on Geezer Life. We could really use the support so we don't have to live out our final years camping under a bridge, which is a really hard place to do a podcast from.
1: Yeah, help us get better, because we're working hard at it when we could be napping instead. We now have several ways to contact us. Email at thegeezerlife at gmail.com, Facebook at The Geezer Life, and Instagram, The Geezer Life Podcast. Until then, see you next time, unless we keel over in the meantime. So
0: eliminate the...